Welcome to episode 64 of Voice in Education. Today I have voice experts Scott and Susan Westwater talking about education and voice. Susan, what do you think is really important for educators or administrators or anyone in the education space to know about voice? When we talk about voice, we're talking about any type of computer interaction that involves your voice. So that's going to go beyond the smart speakers. And I think that um, current events with the pandemic making school now become distance learning and remote, we're seeing a lot of very clear use cases that we actually personally are, are dealing with, such as how do you extend the reach of that classroom when your student is not in the classroom? How do you extend your reach and also keep the routine going, especially in a time like now when uh, there was one set routine and now there's something else? Um, we have seen, uh, we're seeing with our own son that there are voice enabled apps that have been able to help him hear his teacher and also to get the input. So it's helping her workload as well. As she's reviewing items, she can just comment back because she still has the workload of creating the daily lesson plan. Um, also hoping that us parents get it done um, and providing us with support as well. So by being able to speak her comments and to give feedback, she's keeping that continuous loop there so that her student is continuing to learn but also that she isn't spending hours upon hours typing out comments on every single assignment. One of the big ideas that you could easily apply to voice is the idea of morning announcements. So rather than you know recording video or having an email and a bunch of other methods to disseminate the information, you could have someone record audio of the morning announcements as you would normally during school and really extend that concept and something that we're all very familiar with if you've gone through the US education system, um, extending that into the virtual space so you do feel that connection back to the school. It could also be done in the teacher's voice. So I think it's a great way to borrow something that already exists in the physical space and apply it into a virtual space to make it feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more like home, if you will. Yeah. and it's great to be able to use the teacher's voice um, because one of the things that we're even noticing with our own student in home is that he's feeling isolated. He doesn't see his classmates. He's not seeing his teacher. Um, so when he has those opportunities to hear voices, um, to hear them, it does help make him feel less alone and less like he has suddenly now been ripped away from his, basically his social connections. Other things that we're seeing is that um, because children do really gravitate towards voice in the sense of if you show them how to do research or they can record, there's a lot of creativity and a lot of different ways that you can uh, introduce things to them. Um, it is a matter of our son loves to create stories and it's easier for him even writing his letter to Santa of he dictated it and as a student who's learning how to read, he then could look and see what he had dictated and then write his letter. There's um, a lot of supplemental ways of looking at things um, in the sense of when there's instructions and they're written to make sure that he's getting it right after he reads them, he can actually hear the instructions played in his teacher's voice back to him so that he truly understands the assignment or the lesson that's being taught. I think one of the big implications of voice, just in general, is the ability for someone to simply speak their question or talk to a device and then get that information. 
And that's going to play out not only in the U.S., but in Europe and in Africa and Southeast Asia, in areas that have generally been underserved by the larger Internet due to costs associated with computers and Internet connections. Those populations that have been underserved will be able to get a low-cost speaker or speaker with a screen. And a lot of population for the first time will have access to information that we all take for granted. So from a learning standpoint, there is a tremendous amount of opportunity that this unlocks simply for, for populations that may have literacy issues to simply speak what they're looking for and actually get that information. So one of the, the big ideas out of this is how is that going to change society, the worldwide society? when people get access to the information that they've quite frankly never had before. There also is an aspect of voice that's really helpful with tools like Google Translate and where English is a second language or in a particular anecdote that we know of, a student joining the class when he has come from another country and does not speak English but is appropriately placed because of his lesson, his age and, and such, they, in order to be able to communicate, they are using Google Translate, um, especially when as he's learning, he's learning the language and the students want to talk with him and, and be his friend. They're able to use Google Translate so that he can translate what he wants to say from his language into English and vice versa. And it's an incredible connection. That same point of building through the idea of being able to ask questions and being able to get information. Right now, we're coming to a time where we're circling back towards the original oral traditions of there was a time when prior to movable type and printed and written word um, that all of our information came from troubadours. It came from, you know, the song minstrels who were coming from town to town that were sharing news, town criers. It was not necessarily written and there was definitely uh, a, a shift that then happened when uh, movable type came about and it was first in Latin, which meant only the highly educated could understand it. And then it was then brought down into the vernacular through um, different authors. What is interesting about that whole aspect is there always will, would still be that education divide of those who could read and those who cannot. And now we're getting to a point where we are going to be able to provide information based off of the question asked and that the language barriers become easier, uh, literacy requirements are lessened. And so there is an opportunity to learn and, and take things out from that perspective. And it's coming full circle, so which is an exciting thing to see from an education standpoint, because you can also then uh, tailor to different learning styles. And one last thing I want to talk about is educating about voice. Susan and I are partnered with an agency out of London, and we've created a program called Voice Masters. And the whole purpose of Voice Masters is to teach people what we know about creating voice experiences. And it's really based on our past 20 plus years of experience in advertising and marketing and trying to get to the, the crux of what would be the most valuable for a given audience. While you're thinking about creating voice experiences, think about what would be most valuable for students, what would be most valuable for the educators, what would be most valuable to the administrators. And my guess is if you start looking at the problems you already have, you're, you're probably very aware of where that friction is. Look for opportunities where voice can uniquely solve that problem and make the process faster, more efficient, easier. And that's really going to be a, a great recipe for success. What we do with Voice Masters is we have a Voice 101, which is really focused at the business community, but the concepts and everything that we talk about there also directly work for education. So if you wanted to learn more 
about the opportunity that voice represents and you know who the players are and what you can actually do to start creating experiences, you definitely want to check out the Voice Masters course. It's called Voice 101 for Business. We also have a few other courses that we're creating to teach people how to do the process and methodology that we use to actually create voice experiences for our clients. So we cover things like user research, we cover topics like designing conversations, identifying what the right experience should be for your audience to really help people gain all of the knowledge and experience that we've amassed over our careers because we can't possibly help everyone that needs the help. So this is our way to help teach others how we actually approach these projects. In addition to talking about the players and, and those pieces, one of the things we also strive for in Voice Masters is to also talk about the content aspect. Um, while the technology is incredible, if you don't have the right content in an experience, chances are that it won't be a successful experience. Thinking about the challenges that you want to address or the needs that you want to meet, and chances are that you've already solved for them in some aspects and done a really great job of solving for it. And so the content that you have or the lesson plans or the pieces that you have for there, you can use that to build your voice experience. You can draw from that knowledge and use that so you're not reinventing the wheel and you're also creating a cohesive experience that is consistent from classroom to tech to home.